Thank you for tuning in today on Voyage Through the Bible with Billy G. Nolan, where his heart is to fortify and strengthen your relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this mini teaching, and if you need prayer, if you would like more information, or you simply want to join us as we voyage through the Bible, go to www.voyagethroughthebible.org. God corrected Jonah. Jonah repented. Voyage through the Bible. It's in the 1920s. We're on a car ferry going from the lower peninsula to the upper peninsula of Michigan. These peninsulas were formed around Lake Ontario, Lake Superior, and Lake Michigan. This is an area that draws many kinds of pockets of people from the French Canadians and ones that are called the Finlanders from Finland in Europe. It was the Sudlocks which were built jointly by the Canadians and the people in the United States. Shipping is a big part of the area. One shipping route goes from the iron mines in Minnesota through Lake Superior down to Detroit and the steel mills in Pennsylvania and Indiana. Michigan is divided between the Upper Peninsula and Lower Peninsula, thereafter referring to as the UP and the LP. The Upper Peninsula at one time in history was the wealthiest part of the country. So the hunters are on the car ferry. They have their deer, they have them on top of their cars and on pickup trucks. They're taking them back. They're gonna enjoy deer meat for the rest of the winter. And you hear them to begin to discuss the different recipes for sausages they have. One says a little salt, a little pepper, some sage, and then I have a breakfast sausage. And another one would say, well, I particularly like a little salt, a little pepper, and garlic, and it makes a fine dinner sausage. And they said, oh, it sounds like it's a Polish sausage. Could be, could be, he says. And then we have another one that says salt and pepper and a little brown sugar, and I smoke that sausage, and we have smoked sausage. You see what they're doing? They're reminiscing and thinking about the future events of processing that deer. There's a survey of God's timetable from the beginning of time till when time is no more. The quest of this overview is explained to a doubting heart and what a new heart looks like and what a new beginning can be like. One parallel will be this story we're telling you. We're going to be discussing a survey of the Christian life and go through all these stories we'll be able to look at enabling power of God to save the worst and the best, causing his great power to be a part of each one of our lives. God's correcting Jonah. The sailors asked Jonah what to do. Sailors knew the power of God in the sea and knew the reality of what was happening. And Jonah advised them to throw him over the, into the sea. Jonah didn't want to commit suicide, 
but being thrown over into the sea, he would die anyway, and that would be sufficient for him. Jonah's rebellion was complete. He was willing to die rather than follow the Lord's commissioning. Jonah had the beginnings of an awakening of his conscience. He was willing to sacrifice himself to save others. This is a lesson that the Lord wanted to provide for Jonah, as the Lord wanted to have mercy on the whole nation of Nineveh. Jesus is our Savior. He's chosen to forgive us, to pay the price for our forgiveness. It's imagery of our own lives as we all throw into the stormy sea of difficult points in our lives. The sailors try to save Jonah's life. They did every effort. Yet the storm kept getting worse. And they began to cry out to the Lord, forgive us for this innocent blood. Jonah had a commission to go to Nineveh. The sailors had a concept of God. In some respects, it seemed to be greater than Jonah's. Jonah, the prophet, teacher, was running from God. The sailors put a lot out. They heard the word of the prophet. They knew God, Jehovah. They had a degree of revelation of God. They cast Jonah into the sea, and a great calm followed. The sailors are truly converted. They see how God is a great deliverer. At the end of the great, the worst that could have happened, there was great gratitude. The sailors said, when we reach port, we're going to have to offer a sacrifice before the Lord for us, the deliverance through this great storm. Jonah 2, 4 through 7. I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Engulfing waters threaten me. The deep surrounds me. Seaweed is wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, and the earth barred, and the earth beneath barred me forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you. Lord, my prayer rose to you, your holy temple. We see in the past that he was very much used. And when the prayer and plea was made by anyone among your people, Israel, being aware of the afflictions of their own heart, spreading out their hands toward the temple. When he heard the heavens, the dwelling place, and forgave the acts and deal with everyone according to all they have done, since you know their hearts for you alone know everything. In verse 10, Jonah was becoming a sign. In Luke 16, 29, Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. And in Matthew 12, 39, he answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign, 
but none will be given you except the sign of the prophet Jonah. We know about the fish. Scriptures say it's a fish, not a whale. I don't know what a fish looks like. I haven't got a concept of that. It's a great fish. It swallows Jonah. We have no idea when the fish was prepared for Jonah. It may have been prepared at the beginning of creation of the world, for all we know. But I got to tell you, it was prepared. Jonah is in the sea. The principal agent of its preservation is the fish. Some people consider the fish prison. If he had stayed in the sea, he would have certainly have died. The fish was his preservation. Throughout the book of Jonah, there are types and shadows. There is an allusion to Israel and their backsliding and many other calls and judgments from God. With the conclusion here, Jonah is in the belly of the fish. How many times, because I misdirect thought life, have I found myself in the belly of a proverbial fish? I think we can say the same thing for each one of you. There's a time when we are actually in the belly of the fish. It's a place of preservation, but it's very uncomfortable. There can be times when we have misstepped so far that we wonder how we can ever get back. I have a friend that we were talking about his backslidden, and I told him he fell down a hundred foot well. He looked up and saw light at the top of the well, and he began to crawl and grub, and it took him a long time, but he got to the top of the well, and he said, I have arrived. And I said, no, 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 you haven't. You just got back to the same place before you backslid. All the rest of the people around you have continued to grow. So you're not in a place of arrival. He didn't really increase. He had just come back to his original state. But I drew him a picture standing by the edge of the well with a rope in your hand. And now you can climb down the well and at the bottom of the well, and you can say, I've climbed up, and you can do it too. This is my story about a man who backslid, and yet still can be used of God. Jonah's repentance. Remember, Jonah is assigned to Nineveh. Jonah is punished for his sin. Jonah is a spared sinner. God's love is shown to Jonah, through Jonah, to the nation of Nineveh. This is a great saving event where they fasted and put on sackcloth and ashes and began to repent. They flung themselves in the mercy of God. Is it spontaneous to all? The message is always provided by the Holy Ghost. Nahum, at a later time, prophesied a hundred years later and said Nineveh would be destroyed. But that was 100 years 
there was a revival on hand and that judgment was postponed because they had fully repented before the Lord. In Jonah 3, 1 through 2, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim the message I've given you. In Joshua 1, 5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as long as, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you away. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Salvation in the storm had produced a sight, sign for Nineveh. Nineveh had began to see that there was a chance for God's mercy. Currents and rivers are both are found in the movements of God as he begins to speak. Relief is found in Psalms 46.10. And he says, Be still and know that I am God. I will exalt among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of you own poets have said, we are his offspring. Open, confess, and begin to have our lives connected to the Spirit. Worship, waiting, hearing, all of these things are needed. Out of a sudden reaction to hearing the voice of God, our thoughts, we might immediately say, what is the product to be caused from all of this? It's because we're waiting on the Lord and now the Lord has the capacity to speak to us and through us. Take time out. Allow the Lord to speak to you. Breathe deep. Get quiet. Allow the Lord to speak. I speak. I stop. I listen. I hear. I speak, I stop, I listen, I hear. I allow myself to be soaked up with the presence of God. I take time to have it happen. I do it over and over and over again. When I speak, I'm saying my own personal life to the Lord when I listen, he's able to speak to me. As I just soak it up, involve myself in it, and take time to do it, I begin to hear. This is my cycle of conversational prayer. It's very casual. It's friend on friend. It's not profound and it's not unique. It's God's voice in a rhema sense. Is life evoke involving to me? I must take a place of respect when I hear from God. I'm hearing life breathed into me when I hear from him. In Luke 5, 5, Simon answered, Master, 
we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down my nets. That's a rhema thought. In John 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Our hearing, our spirits are very important. We need to recognize that we have the ability to hear and we have the focus on the how-tos of hearing from God. I want to stop right now. I want to encourage you. You know the Lord. You have the capacity to hear from him. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord to unlock your senses, to give you an openness to hear from him. In Jesus' name, I expect, Lord, that you do this mighty work, that you open up minds and emotions and feelings and circumstances, cause people to begin to hear in a greater and more profound way, you, in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast from Billy on this episode of Voyage Through the Bible. This journey and its many adventures lead you into the mysteries of creation and man, not only to know the Bible, but to experience it and live it. If you would like to sow into this ministry and be a part of somebody else's journey as they learn about God, please visit our website, www.voyagethroughthebible.org.